Put your hands together and welcome your very own Dunstable Town Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Talk of the Town Podcast. Yes, Dunstable Town have a podcast. I am your host, Andy Burrows, and we will be bringing you weekly content for everything involving the mighty Dunstable Town. Now, I couldn't start a podcast with just anyone, so our preview episode, which we're about to bring you, could only be of one man, the captain of the ship, the chairman of the club. Andrew Madras, how are you, sir? Good afternoon, Andy. I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much for having me on the show, and thank you very much for doing this for the club. It's really appreciated. Thank you, mate. Uh, no problem, my friend. It's, uh, everyone knows me knows I do a little bit of podcasting for the NFL and NFL UK and do other, a few other bits and bobs. So I spend most of my time watching Dunstable. So now let's try and uh, the word is already getting out there about the club. Um, obviously, we've got an amazing YouTube channel, which uh, Brad and Abby do. Uh, make sure everyone go and uh, like and subscribe to that. Just type in Dunstable Town FC into YouTube. Honestly, probably some of the best content you will see, not just at non-league level, but at any sporting level. The content that Abby and Brad put out is truly amazing. We're going to try and piggyback a little bit off that. We're going to bring you weekly shows. We've got our, our very first show is going to be with uh, Dunstable Town manager Joe Dini. So that's going to be coming up in, uh, in just over a week or so now, around the weekend of the latest town game but we thought you'd bring you a little preview pod to see what we're gonna a little amuse bouche if you like of what we're going to be doing here at Dunstable Town at Talk of the Town podcast so Andrew let's get into it um for those that don't know my friend just give everyone a brief history uh, of yourself how you got involved with the club and uh, leading up to where we are right now sitting here recording the podcast my friend Thank you, Andy. Um, so a, a brief history, and, I'll, and I will try and make it brief and, and not too long and uh, laborious for people to listen to. So, yeah, so brief history. So um, started watching Dunstable Town around 2009-2010. Really sort of fell in love with the, the team through um, a gentleman called Paul Harris, uh, Pipeman, as, as um, a lot of older fans will, will remember Paul by. So Paul at the time was the club's secretary. I think he did the programme. Um, I think he did half a dozen jobs probably at the club. And he was, was one of those chaps. He was on the turnstiles. You'd come to the game. He'd make a fuss of you. He'd give you a cup of tea. Talk to you about the club. Really, really make you feel valued and wanted. And, you know, do your first game. And then as you're leaving, he says, oh, we're at home again on Tuesday. Or we're home again on Saturday. You're going to come and watch. And... Um, and that was really my introduction to, to Dunstable Town. I'd sort of flirted with a couple of other uh, non-league teams in the area. First, Brace Sparta being the first one, 61 FC the second. And it was because um, we had a, a friend of the family who was playing for Dunstable Town at the time that I sort of came over from Sundon Park in Luton uh, and started watching, uh, uh, starting watching the, the town. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a very very interesting few years being a Dunstable Town supporter. I know the people like Scotty and Ian and um, Dean, um, a lot of a lot of the guys, Neil Barker, etc., who have, Matt Carrington, who have, have been watching the team longer than I have. You know, we'll we'll give you chapter and verse about the the, the sort of the history before two thousand and nine ten when I started to come. But it is very much one of of, of, of um, 
you know, previous previous regimes, previous chairmen sort of um, supporting the club, being benefactors of the club, and uh, trying to uh, trying to support the club because it, it, it is it is very difficult running a football club, non-league football club, on on small gates. And as 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 you know, as we've discovered in the in in the time since 2017. Uh, it, it's you know it, it is a it is a very tough ask to to do so. Um, so my my sort of introduction to sort of um, uh, being part of the the club structure came in 2017 when when Paul left. Uh, we was we were at step three at that stage, um, and the fans had taken the club over. Uh, in the sort of in the, the, the at the end of the 2016 2017 season, so as it happened on a, sort of a couple of other occasions in the you know in in the recent past, uh, as as the chairman left the club, um, it, it prompted a sort of resignation of of board members. Um, Tony Fontenelle Yeller, who was manager at the time, also left, and so did all of the players except Gideon Akito. John Sanuga, and uh, people who, who know the history of the club will, will will know this story, so they can sort of switch off for a few minutes. But people who don't, it, it it is an important sort of chapter in the club's history that that people understand how we got to where we are at the moment. So I'll just spend a couple of minutes just talking about those events if I can, Andy. So. 2017, um, John McLaughlin, previous chairman, steps down. Uh, board members leave with John, uh, and as I say, Tony Fontenelle players go, except for Gideon and John. And the, the, it's proposed that three local businessmen form a consortium to um, to save the club, and um, they they offer to do so. There's a meeting at the HQ Sports Bar. In uh, in Lute, in sorry Dunstable rather it's about 25, 30 uh, football football club supporters who turn up. FYI, never go to that bar with the regiment. Never ends well for me. No, <laughs> never ends well. Sorry, side note, side note, never ends well for me when I. Go that's there. all right, mate. That's all right. <laughs> a bit of bit of, his, bit of history there for the listeners. Yeah. So at the meeting, the uh, the, the three business guys put forward a a, a suggestion that that they'll put some money into the club, but they will seek, in return for doing so, they'll seek voluntary relegation out of the Premier League of the, uh, sorry, out of the Premier Division of the Southern League. So step three football. And that that would, I think, have meant a relegation of, of three divisions. I think if you seek voluntary relegation, it's a relegation of three divisions. It may only be two, but whatever. We, we decided as a group of fans that, if we were going to go and get relegated, you know, we'd, we'd go down fighting. Mm-hmm. So the the the, the business guys' um, offer was was politely uh, rejected, and a group of fans took over the the running of the club. We became a members-run club, and Alex Alexandru became the club's first chairman. And you know, no history of Dunstable Town could ever be written without you know, a large chapter to Alex, who stepped out of the shadows, really. You know, again, he'd, he'd been like myself and, you know, Scotty, Ian, Neil, Matt, you know, just just a supporter, 
he'd come and watch matches. He'd got involved, I think, with um, trying to um, spread the word via schools and had, had made some contacts with uh, Weatherfield and with some of the other schools in, in, in doing some work with uh, the history of the club and the, and, and the local library, but, but didn't have any sort of formal experience in running a football club. So Alex took over as chairman uh, and as sort of, you know a, a board was selected uh, to run to run the administrative side of things paul was still club secretary uh, and tony mccall came as as uh, head coach and again you you again you, you go through you know the little history of the club and again you'd have to say you know tony mccall big respect to him for what for what he did you know very well respected Coach, coached at Luton, coached at, at Norwich, um, was scouting, I think, for, for York City at the time. And, and you know, we went that season without a, a playing budget, uh, which was, you know, unheard of at, at step three semi-professional football to, to play uh, a season without a, a playing budget. And, you know, we survived until the, the final day of the season, we relegated on the final day of the season, away at um, away at Froome, and then sort of a drop down to to step four. So my so Alex had asked me sort of when when he became chairman whether I'd be interested in sort of helping out um, at sort of committee level, and I must admit I, I said I wasn't, didn't feel ready to do it, wasn't sure about own you know my own time commitments, whether I'd have sufficient time to benefit the club. But what I did offer to do was walk round the ground on match days and pick up litter, um, make the place look nice and sell half-time um, uh, raffle tickets and things, uh, which is what I did, uh, and help out in the boardroom at, at half-time and sort of look after the visiting team's committee. The um, that, and that sort of worked okay until Paul departed the club in sort of in October um, I think it was October, November time. And Alex then asked me to take over as club secretary. And that was a role I sort of really enjoyed doing. Um, you know, it's your, your inbox is full every day of emails from, you know, the various leagues, from the FA, from, you know, different, different bodies, etc. So it, it is a, you know, it's an administrative role, um, but, you know, every every non-league club, you know, survives with its, you know, its band of volunteers, whether they're the club secretary, whether it's the... Yeah, I think that's really important you know, to point out as well. Treasurer, what have you. And, sorry, mate? I think that's really important to point out as well, just while we're mentioning on that, you know, all, I've been involved in non-league football probably since I was about the age of five, and you don't realise, I mean, at the minute I'm just turning up and watching a Dunstable game, and it's only because I know the infrastructure of a non-league club that non-league clubs wouldn't survive without volunteers it's you know the, you know the kit just doesn't put itself out the corner flags don't put themselves out i've i've been yeah. there and helped so it is testament to what you say that you know non-league clubs really really do whether that, that i'm speaking for everyone now whether it's dunstable town whether that's anyone with barton rovers whoever's listening to this and stuff if you can go and volunteer at your local non-league club just go and give them a hand even if you can lend like an hour on match day it is it's truly pivotal to uh to non-league clubs i feel you're absolutely right, and we couldn't 
we couldn't survive and we couldn't do what we do now in terms of all the community activities and the community groups that that we're involved in without all of the you know the many volunteers that we are absolutely blessed mm-hmm. to have uh, and i'm and i'm genuinely serious about that we've got a, you know, a really wonderful band of group of people at the clubs who who volunteer their time and get frozen you know in 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 all weathers um recording games you know doing you know brad and abby doing all the the, the sort of the the, the youtube and the mm, instagram you deserve a medal Twitter stuff. yeah absolutely mate absolutely um and, and in a sense so do you know so do most people at the club yeah for, for i agree what, for what oh, I do. Agree. It, yeah it, you know we are incredibly fortunate to have that but we still need more mm-hmm. you know we still need more volunteers i will say in in meetings we're still short of volunteers like you say if anybody wants to come on board and help out um yeah we'd love to hear from them yeah no most definitely if anyone's out there listening and thinks they want to get involved in local football and you know dunstable town and yeah come and you can either message us on on the on the podcast or get in touch with the club at dunstable town fc on twitter at dtfc pod on twitter yeah just just get in touch and reach out and we'll uh, we'll point you in the right direction but yeah sorry andrew carry on um sorry man friend <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 that's fine, Andy. So I was going to say, so sort of, you know, our move from being um, what was just a, a traditional non-league football club happened, you know, a year ago, just over a year ago, when we became a community benefit society. And our journey to being a community benefit society really sort of has its roots in a in an FA Trophy match against Lewis FC in 2017. And again, I wasn't on the committee at that stage. I was still doing my sort of um, picking up litter job, selling halftime tickets, helping out in the in the boardroom. And I'd always try and do a little bit of homework before a, before a match and just see what the opposition team's scores were and a little bit of relevant history just to ease conversation before the match and at halftime. And reading the Lewis website and you have to remember we were at step three they were at step four so you know we were expecting well you know hopefully to to get a win um was a a revelation to me it it really was one of those you know oh my god moments and you know this being a fan-owned club with i think at the time they probably had a thousand different owners and i sort of knew lewis as a town you know a little bit i've been there a couple of times have family in that area and i knew lewis wasn't you know a huge town population wise i think maybe Houghton regis size i think but you know smaller than dunstable and you start saying okay this this club has got a thousand owners and in 20 30 different countries and it sort of sows a seed to think well there is clearly a different way of running a football club we struggle for gates we struggle for money part of you know part of the 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 club's difficulties historically has always been you know insufficient money and you know despite the sort of the best intentions of previous regimes in trying to you know be you know benefactors to the club ultimately you know that that generosity always ends uh, at some stage and you've only got to look at, say, a club like North Ferriby United, who two or three years ago, FA Trophy Final, National League, um, 
um, step one who you know when when the money runs out then suddenly find themselves tumbling down the down the leagues and you know Dunstable Town has had its history of of, of boom and bust um, you know we were out went out of business what four or five years in the 90s I think um, and and that's you know we 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 came perilously close to sort of going out of business back in 2017 and as I say if, if Alex and Neil and Dudley and uh, you know several of the other boys hadn't sort of stepped up to the challenge you know we might not be having this conversation today so it's you know huge credit and respect to those guys that that they managed to you know keep keep the club afloat but you know gates that season step three you know you know weren't weren't great you know we had um 80 and 90s against Merthyr and Froome and possibly one or two others and you know overall average was about 120 you, you then put in the big gates that we had for Hereford Gosport Kettering Slough and Hitchin and you go up to 180 but that's still probably apart from the Met Police the smallest average gates at, at step three so it, it, it's whoever is running Dunstable Town will always have that that challenge of how do we how do we sustain a, a club um, who have you know who ground share with AFC Dunstable well, AFC Dunstable have a very different business model to us so um, you know we we generate our income mainly through gate receipts and sponsorship and advertising and prize money from uh, from uh, FA sponsored competitions. So we found, as I say, found ourselves in 2017 uh, up against Lewis. We lost that game 4-1. Paul resigned from the club as secretary. Alex asked me to take over, so I took over as secretary. And, um, you know, 20 season 2018-19, we were at step four. We... Um, we're doing okay. We'd, we'd, as I say, we'd had no playing budget for the previous season at step three. We introduced a a, um, a small playing budget for the step four season, which was performance related, um, and, and we, you know, we we were okay, but we, you know, we were struggling. And um, Tony eventually left, and Arel Amu, who was our top scorer. And Kyle Lincoln, who was probably our best defender, both left soon after uh, Tony departed. Gareth Jackson had been his, his number two. And, you know, again, you talk about the recent history of Dunstable Town. You have to say, you know, Alex gets a, you know, uh, a chapter and, and Gareth as well, because, you know, Gareth had stepped up out of Colin Lauder's development team to, to help Tony. Uh, with the first team and then when Tony left Gareth stayed and took over got three really good results in his first uh, first few days as as um, as manager beat Bromsgrove at home Corby away and a very good draw at Cambridge City which was us he's one of those so nearly got the three points but only got one but uh, the, the the punishment for beating Bromsgrove was that Kyle Lincoln um, departed and went to Bromsgrove. They snapped him up, um, and for for whatever reason, those 
last few games at step four, last 10 or 12 games, we, we got a couple of draws, but the others were, were all defeats. And, you know, we were relegated to step five. So in a sense, we I say we were back to where we started. We were certainly back to where we were when I started to, um, to, to watch. Um, and the first step five season, second step five season were interrupted because of COVID. And COVID really was the, the catalyst, I think, for really then what, what happened sort of in the last couple of years, because we lost so much of our income. So again, I know most Unsable Town fans will, will sort of know our situation, but again, for those that don't or for people who aren't connected to the club but listening into this. So our, our relationship with the council is that Creasy Park, where we play our games, is is owned by Central Beds Council. It's managed on a day-to-day basis by Dunstable Town Council. Um, and we're tenants, basically. You know, we, we, we pay the council rent for uh, matches and for training facilities. It, it, and it's, it's a fair rent, you know. No, we can't, we can't complain that it's an extravagant rent because it's not. The drawback for us is we don't, we don't get any of the, the, the gate, uh, not the game money, sorry, we don't get any of the, the food and drink money on match days. And obviously, oh, we right, don't mate, there, ain't gonna, there ain't going to be much of that, mate. It takes 25 minutes to get to the bar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I know, I know. We, <laughs> I'm only joking just make sure you bring a flask to the next game anyway carry on so again traditional model of running a football non-league football club you have a clubhouse and you hire it out for weddings birthday parties etc we, we don't have that the ability to do that so we rely verily almost exclusively on gate money sponsorship advertising and prize money etc mm, yep yeah. So with COVID, COVID came, we lost 90% of our commercial sponsorship. And that was a huge, huge loss. And the FA decided to cut the prize money for the VARs and the FA Cup by 50%. So our income was projected to fall by sort of 50%. We lost our under-23s, the, the development team. We had to say to Colin Val, who was who was uh, head coach and, and assistant coach, you know, guys, we, we don't have money to, to run, you know, a development team this season. So, you know, that that was the enormity of it. Um, and, you know, the, we, you know we, we had talks with AFC about merging the, the two clubs and the, the decision to become a community benefit society was really the, the other option. The, the, the club could not have survived with, with gates of 120 people the, the the sort of the the lack of sponsorship, the lack of prize money, just meant that the, the club would need to have fold or or merge with with AFC if 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 talks had had been successful in that department. So becoming a community benefit society was really a last throw of the dice to keep Dunstable Town intact as a as a club on its on its own right. And again, it was it was the Lewis model really, which we've, which we've copied. We've, we've not tried to reinvent the wheel. It was, was something that we knew worked for somebody else. And if it worked for somebody else, why wouldn't it, why wouldn't it work for us? If, if we, if we didn't stray too far from the, 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 the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So again, huge 
thanks to Stuart Fuller, who was the um, the chairman at Lewis, still is the chairman at Lewis, for all the help and guidance he gave us, and to Richard Irving at the Football Supporters Association, who has sort of guided us through the the the, the, the sort of the, the principles of becoming a community benefits society. And so far for us, Andy, it's it, it's been a good twelve months. It's we you know we're totally fan owned, we're community owned, fan owned club. Now got about 135 individual owners. Mm -hmm. A proportion of the owners' membership fees are used to pay for the five different groups that we run. So the program that we run is called Improving the Lives of Others. So it's designed basically to um, help people with physical well-being and mental well-being. So we've got two groups. There's a friendship group at the Glider every Monday. And there's a friendship group at the Dunstable Centre every Thursday, which we run with uh, Titan PCN and social prescribers who, who have been excellent allies to the club. Ian Bateman runs three really excellent walking football groups, uh, alternate Wednesdays, and one of those is for adults with complex needs. Uh, open to absolutely everybody, regardless of... Ability, disability, age, gender, mm -hmm. you're welcome to come to one of these sessions. Yeah, and they're crazy. all free of charge. Yeah, we, we don't, you know, to be as accessible to uh, to the community, we don't charge for any of our groups. And as I say, that the, the cost is all met through individual owners' membership fees. Yeah, most definitely. I say, it's, a, it's a great, great thing they do. Yeah, great thing they do, uh, the walking football. I mean, I've... I went along one time. It was probably one of the weirdest experiences of my life, transitioning from playing normal football to walking football. What Ian and the <laughs> what Ian and the and, and the guys are doing is yeah, it's truly good. And it, you know, it just goes to testament of another thing that uh, that the club are doing. That's why I, I you know, I was chuffed a bit to uh, come and do something like a, a podcast. But I thought it important just to give people a brief history of the club and how you got here and where we are right now uh, as a football club. I mean, you've only got to look at our most recent, I think we had 266 fans through the gate last weekend. Yeah. Um, I've only been really following the team for about a year myself. I've always known of Dunstable Town. Like I said, I've been involved in non-league football through my through my dad to start with really my my entire life, whether that be having, having my boots on or standing the other side of the fence like I am now. But um, Andrew, let's, before we wrap up the preview show, we've got about 10 minutes left. Let's fast forward to, to the current crop. I mean... What a, what a start to the season. I mean, on our first show, our first official show, we're going to have manager Joe Dini coming to talk to us about the, the current crop of Dunstable Town, the 2022 uh, squad and everything. How would you assess as a chairman so far? We had a relatively good run in the FA Cup, unfortunately come uh, come to a come to an end. But, you know, also, I say to this to everyone, and a lot of my friends kept asking me, like, why do you get so excited about the FA Cups? The, the real teams aren't in it yet. And I'm like, whoa, hang on a minute. You don't realise how important things things like an FA Cup run is to a non-league team. You make it to the first round, that could set a non-league team up for 10 years. It might set them up for the rest of their history, depending who you play. By you know, by George, if you make it to the third round, and Jesus, we've seen that in the past. We've seen we've seen non-league yep. clubs make it. You know, you go back, I can go remember going back as far as when Wrexham were a non-league club and they played Arsenal and beat them. Um, I can remember I remember my old club, uh, Willstone, playing at home uh, in the FA Cup in the first round. That set, I think there's still some of that money floating around now and you've only got to look at their ground. So I think it's really, really important um, 
that kind of uh, thing becomes into non-league football. I mean, so how would how would you assess our start to the season? I mean, we haven't played many league games. We've been involved in a lot of cup competitions. Um, undefeated in the league. Uh, Joe seems to... What I said, to, I spoke to Joe. I was fortunate enough to speak to Joe last week. I said to him, the feel that I'm getting is that he's kind of brought an old-school non-league vibe to Dunstable Town. And what I mean by that is it's it's kind of a community inside a community. When, you know, I turn up to football at two o'clock on a Saturday, I know that I can sit and have a chat with the manager, the assistant manager, the players. I can come and chat to yourself. Uh, pretty much anyone I can sit down and uh, come and speak to. I mean, I started coming down to Dunstable Town on my own, really. Um, my dad obviously introduced me to the team, but I just thought, you know what, I'm not working Saturdays anymore. I just want to go and watch some football. And the biggest compliment I can give Joe and all his staff and all his players, because the players play a big role in this. I know that, you know, uh, they might just see themselves as football players, but they really, the players really are bringing a sense of community into this team. You've only got to look before games and after games. And, you know, that's the big thing with non-league football is that not many times, I can't exactly walk into the bar after a Tottenham Hotspur game and buy Harry Kane a beer and have a chat with him like I can with like the lads that we've got here right now. Me and Jammers have known each other for quite a few years right now. I'm getting to know Joe. I mean, it's full testament to what Joe and his staff are doing. But how would you, how would you, how would you assess up the uh, the first few months of the season, Andrew? Yeah, and I'm I'm going to before I answer that, Andy, I'm just going to agree with you and just say you, you're absolutely right. I think that is one of the the lovely things about a non-league, but b the, the 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 culture that Joe and Kyle have instilled at the club is very very much one of sort of embracing the whole community aspect of what we're doing but they're so approachable so that you're right they are there in the bar after the game and they're quite likely still be in in the bar after the game <laughs> long after long after but you know the hardened one or two half a dozen of you know fans who were who were still there they're so accessible you're right mm-hmm. and you know that that's a huge credit to to the guys that they are so accessible and then you know they know people's names they know their families, etc. It's, you know, it, it makes it makes me feel really proud to be chairman of this club to see to see what the guys are are creating, off the field and and on the field. I, you know, again, look look back at our records over the last five or six years. You know, the win on win on Saturday was our our fourth successive victory. Mm-hmm. We haven't done that for well, we haven't done it for the last five years and in each of those games we've scored four goals or more yeah so 17 goals in in the last four matches four straight victories not being done for as i say we'd need dino to to to, to give us the stats on that um i i certainly don't have them uh, it's lovely and 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 i think you know like you say crowd 266 mm-hmm. so go, go back five seasons to that step three season you know, you've got opposition who are, you know, technically on paper, supposedly better, better standard of football, but we weren't getting the crowds. Crowds love to see a winning team. And that, and, I, and I think, you know, that's that's the really pleasing thing that for, you know, the visit of Home Green, no, no disrespect to Home Green, but, you know, they're, they're not a particularly well-supported team. So from that 266, you may have had 20 or so committee and, you know, supporters of Home Green. You know, that, that's something suggesting that there's probably 240 Dunstable Town supporters in, in the ground. You know, when, when Matt and I 
took over from from Neil a couple of years ago. Matt set himself the task of, of building the gates up from 120 to 150. Well, we've we've succeed, <laughs> succeeded in that not, respect. You know, not the average that, not that out of park. Two hundred, yeah, he's two hundred and three at, at the moment in in all competitions, mm-hmm. and we know that's because of the very attractive football that Joe and Kyle have got the, the boys playing. You know, the, there is a sense of occasion. You know, Wayne and the match day team do a fantastic job in terms of creating a football atmosphere. The the guys do it on the field, the guys do it off the field, and, and like you say, you know, Abby and Brad with. Um, social media stuff you know it, it is you know it, it is something that that um you know we that, that we, we we had a an intention and a plan to try and implement it again you sort of you, you go back to sort of competition with other clubs locally you know who we can't compete with on a, on a financial basis just because of the way that the, the club is structured but what we wanted to do was try and give our supporters you know, the best programme locally, the best match day atmosphere locally, the best social media locally. You know, we, we you know, we will, as I say, we won't be able to compete financially, but on other things, well, what can we do? What can we do to put Dunstable Town out there on the map? And that's what they've done. We've we've now got um, a gentleman called Geoffrey Roy in in Halifax, Nova Scotia, who is who we've made the international supporters ambassador, just because of the amount of interest that we're now starting to generate from abroad, and we needed somebody to to liaise with, you know, clubs in North America, organisations in North America, which, which Jeffrey is doing, and you know, I, I know the man works really hard on our on our behalf, trying to build links links abroad. So, you know that. That the aim of the club is to be to be sustainable. The aim of, of becoming a community benefit society is for future generations of, of Dunstable Town supporters not, not to worry, will I still have a club to go and watch in a year's time or five years' time? By making it a community fan-owned club where everybody just has one share in the club, we should be able to do that. And if we can spread the word about what the club means, what the club stands for, what the club is doing, you're then attracting people to the club who aren't interested in in football. So just a little story for you, Andy. So yesterday, Ian Bateman, Peter Bottom and myself were at Linmere, which is the new housing development on the edge of Houghton Regis. There was a health promotion event put on by Titan PCN. We were invited to attend and we, we did and we sort of represented the club talk to people about the walking football groups, about the community support groups. And the number of people would sort of come out to the table and say, oh, no, 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 I'm not really interested in football. And you say, no, 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 we're not just a football club. And and that for me is, is one of the biggest challenges over the next couple of seasons is for people to recognise and acknowledge that this is no longer just a football club. This is now a social enterprise. And what we do off the field is as important as what we do on the field. Mm-hmm. So we've got Joe and Carr doing a fantastic job on the field. I've got Ian, I've got Lee Nutley, who runs Chums and Crumbs for the club, doing a fantastic job off the field as well. So, you know, what, what, we, what we're hoping to do is attract more owners to the club because it's our owners who'll, who'll, you know, give us that strength. It's our owners who will decide on club policy. It's our owners who will decide on the makeup of the board, who should be chairman. Um, 
it, it's our makers who will be able to attract even even better sponsorship deals to the club as as we progress. Yeah, so definitely. for me, very very exciting times ahead, Andy, and yeah. and it's great having you on board as part of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just trying to do my my little bit. Like I said at the start of the show, everyone knows that um, I've got a few podcasts out there, whether it be NFL or various stuff that I'm doing. So I spend a lot of time watching. Dunstable Town. I might as well spend some time talking about it. Um, but Andrew, thanks so much for coming on the inaugural uh, preview show. Uh, we're going to be back. I think the weekend of the Leighton Town game, uh, we're going to. I'm going to have uh, manager Joe Dini as my guest that day. Like I say, we're going to try and bring you weekly content, whether it's talking about games, whether it's having fans on, whether it's talking about previous years gone by. We're just going to try and spread the word about Dunstable Town. If any fan ever just wanted to come on as well and chop it up with me, you're more than welcome. Uh, just go and follow us. I'm going to have all the link tree up in our on our social media the podcast social media is on twitter at the moment it's at dtfc pod pod go and check us out give us a follow the uh the podcast is going to be up the link tree is going to be up you can be able to find us on apple podcast spotify google pod wherever you can get a podcast you're going to hear my dulcet tones. So, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the inaugural show. Uh, like I say, we're going to be back uh, the weekend of the Leighton Town game, which I believe is the 10th of October. Uh, but, Andrew, thanks so much, my man, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, Andy. Thank you very much. Cheers, no, buddy. No worries. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the DTFC Talk of the Town podcast. I have been your host, Andy Burrows. Till next time, everybody, up the blues. Hey everybody, your host Andy here. Thank you so much for tuning into the first ever Talk of the Town podcast. Make sure you go and give us a follow on all social medias. You can find the podcast on Twitter at DTFC Pod. You can find Dunstable Town Football Club also on Twitter at Dunstable Town FC. Make sure you go and check out the YouTube channel as well. It's all going to be in our link tree. Go like and subscribe. Amazing things going over there. Thank you so, so much for tuning into the first episode and up the blues.